Connecting life and faith. This is Connections. I ended up meeting Adele uh, at like a bachelor party that I went to, and she was at a restaurant and was the waitress there. And man, I immediately fell in love with her. Mm-hmm. And uh, we started dating and ended up uh, uh, married about a year or so after that. In 2006. In 2006. And uh, we just were enjoying being married and having all this love for each other because we, uh, you know, had all those feelings and uh, I don't know how long that lasted before we uh, that kind of went away but it wasn't uh, that long because we ended up going through so many different things. Those things included infidelity as well as addictions but somehow Travis and Adele made it through and now they're helping others improve their marriages and to help them rediscover their marriages. Today on Connections, Travis and Adele will share their story. They'll also chat about a ministry they've started called The Noble Marriage. We're joined today by Travis and Adele Graham. They are the co-founders of The Noble Marriage. So we just want to start off by getting to know the two of you a little bit better. Tell us a little bit about your story. Okay, so like a brief background is I was in law enforcement. I went in the military and went into law enforcement, and uh, I had a previous marriage with two children who are now 28 and 24 years old. And uh, we ended up going into having a divorce. And while I was in law enforcement and after that, I ended up meeting Adele. And uh, at like a bachelor party that I went to and she was at a restaurant and was the waitress there. And man, I immediately fell in love with her mm-hmm. and uh, we started dating and ended up uh, uh, married about a year or so after that. In 2006. In 2006. And uh, we just were enjoying being married and having all this love for each other because we, uh, you know, had all those feelings and Um, I don't know how long that lasted before we, uh, that kind of went away, but it wasn't uh, that long because we ended up going through so many different things. One is, um, I was unfaithful to Adele in, in the marriage. And while I was in law enforcement, I ended up uh, being involved in a, a really, um, tough circumstance or issue with the death that, uh, I ended up being federally sued for seven years in a row. And I ended up with severe PTSD and anxiety and panic issues. And I also had a spine injury from the military. And so I ended up uh, needing some help with that and started taking some pain medications, a very small amount of pain medication, which ended up uh, being 14 different pain, 14 different medications, prescription medications, because I needed a medication to fix something else, to fix something else, and all these symptomatic things that kept mm-hmm. happening. And I became extremely addicted to opiates. And then uh, I was also an alcoholic. I became an alcoholic originally. Uh, and I use that term loosely because I never thought I was an alcoholic, by the yeah. way. I became an alcoholic because of the demons I had going on inside of me. I created this facade on the outside that uh, to show other people that I wasn't broken, but on the inside, I was so broken. And um, man, I had all these things going on for me that I did not know how to share. And because I didn't share those things, because I didn't get rid of the pain I had, I internalized it and had all these health issues that went on. 
for me. And uh, our marriage suffered the entire time through that while both of us were putting up a facade of everything is fine. Everything is perfect. And uh, soon into, I think it was 2014, right after we finally got pregnant with uh, our baby Haven, our daughter, I ended up losing my job. I think I did. I lost my job because of all the stuff I had going on for me, but also I was on a lot of pain medications and I I don't think I was acting appropriately. And I became a huge victim in my life and in our home. And I can't even imagine what it was like for you living with me for those years like that. But I was so thankful in 2016, Adele gave me an ultimatum. It's either me and uh, me and our daughter or the drugs and alcohol. And I went into rehab November, 2016, which was uh, five years ago and got clean. And uh, my, our life has been completely different. We've been on a trajectory of healing, not only internally, but uh, within our marriage, we started looking for resources and marriage places. And uh, Dr. Gary Chapman was one of our very first people we went oh, to nice. in marriage and, just an amazing opportunity to start getting healing. And then in 2018, I really discovered who Jesus was. I'd been raised in the church and so had Adele. And I had a faith that belonged to my parents and a faith that belonged to my grandparents, but not a faith that God was real to me. And in 2018, I went on a men's hike with our church and I discovered that Jesus would have came and died for me if I was the only person on this entire earth. He loves me that much. And when I really discovered that, it was a game changer for me. I was on fire for Jesus after that. It made so personal for me. And I was like, wow, you know, I really want to follow this man, Jesus. And, you know, for six months or seven months or so, Adele got to see a man who was on fire for Jesus, who cared about the family, who cared about uh, what we're doing in life. And it was about the same time. And I'm missing a lot of our story here. Let me pick up from there. So in 2018, I um, was like killing it in the hair industry. I've had so many clients that just really wanted to, to see me and I thought I was the best and really had so much pride involved in a lot of that. And it's just so cool to look back now because um, I see how God started pulling me away from the beauty industry. And the first step in that was I woke up one morning and had excruciating pain going down my right leg and couldn't walk and hadn't like injured myself. So I was like, I have no idea what this is. So they ended up doing emergency surgery on my spine from a ruptured disc that had pinched my nerve. And if they didn't do surgery, I was not going to be able to walk. And so that led to a 12 to 16 week recovery process for me, where I was very depressed because I felt like I wouldn't be able to continue in my career. And that was at the same time that he went on the men's hike. I had actually just had surgery when he went. And so when he came home, he was a completely different man. And I was just So kind of taken back by the transformation after all that we had been through. And 
I really was kind of at like my, the end of my rope, as far as like dealing with the things that we had gone through earlier in our marriage. And so it was just very refreshing and uplifting for me. And we really, I I remember the year before telling our our counselor, I don't know how I'm going to stay married to a man I don't love (laughs) because I didn't got that point. Yeah, it really got to the point where I didn't even recognize him anymore. And I I just didn't know how how am I going to do this? Mm. And so I love like that six month period because we really got to fall in love as like I was falling in love with this new man. And then in October of 2018, I found out that he had been unfaithful earlier in our marriage. And it it absolutely devastated me. It was like, it came out of left field. I just never expected it. Um, and mostly because my life was all about perfection and I wanted everybody to think that I had the perfect life. So I would put, you know, on social media, all the the highlights and the stories I wanted people to know about, but on the inside, I was just so like broken and, um, really needing relationships. And so when I uh, found out it, I I was like, I just, I don't think I can stay in this marriage. Initially, I was so angry. Um, And I, I just love Dr. Gary Chapman was such a huge part of that because just three days after I found out, he sat down with us and I'll just never forget what he told me. He said, and I had never heard this in my life. He said that forgiveness, I said, I don't know how I'll ever forgive him if I stay in this marriage. And he said, forgiveness is a choice and you're never going to feel like forgiving. But when you make the choice, your feelings will eventually follow and be on the same page. And he said, you literally need to think of Jesus's blood washing over your husband And there's no difference in his sin and my sin. It's just, it hurts on a deeper level. And I'm not going to forget what happened, but it is absolutely possible (laughs) to to be completely healed and transformed through it. And God really shifted my heart in that conversation to like, I knew that I wanted to work through this. And the Lord really gave me a vision of the future and that we would be doing marriage ministry and impacting marriages all over the world. And I'm just so grateful that he gave me that vision because it gave me something to hope for and to work towards. And there was a lot of work that needed to be done. Ah, see, that w- that's good because I was just going to ask, like, how, how do you do that? But yeah, you've got to put in the work then, I guess, right? And work through work. things. So how yeah. do two people in a marriage, how, what are some tips for people struggling with uh, forgiveness or repairing things in their relationship? What do you say? How do they put in that work then and begin there? For me, it was really having awareness of the thoughts that are going on in my head. Because I realized that that is where the enemy attacks us the most, like it's the number one battleground is our minds. And I knew when the thoughts were coming in, like he gave me this vision of a line and over here is God. And over here is the enemy. 
And I heard him say, where, where do you put Travis on that line? And I was like, oh, so when I have thoughts that move Travis closer to the enemy, which is the anger and the hatred and the, all these like emotions I had never even experienced, I knew the enemy was winning in that time. And so it was a constant awareness of where are my thoughts taking me and on, you know, the slider, where is it putting Travis? And so I would have thoughts and then I would go to Travis and we would have conversation about that because I just realized that when I label those thoughts, one, they're probably not true anyways, they're usually lies. And two, when I label them, they just really would lose the power that they had over me. As long as they were in my mind, it was uh, just massive. Yeah, it consumes me. That's good. good. Like last night, I was uh, cleaning the kitchen. I said something to my wife and she left and then she didn't come back. And so like 15 minutes, I'm sitting there. I'm like, man, she's so angry at me right now. And she has no right to be angry. And the Hmm. more and more I sat there, it's like, man, she's like being so like unreasonable right now and just seething at me right and then finally i went down to the basement and i saw her she's like hey how's it going smiled at me right <laughs> it was wasn't mad at me at all but i just sat there and imagined it all and i was actually getting ready to pick a fight with her then right like right? that's <laughs> the enemy's plan i mean that's exactly what he does is he does his best to split the marriage apart from the yeah. moment you say your vows Oh, that is so good that you bring that up because, you know, a lot of times people think that uh, people or circumstances make us miserable and it's not, it's not people or circumstances that will make us miserable. It's our thoughts that we have about people and our thoughts we have about circumstances that will make us miserable. And that's the way it is in our life is we will, I will end up having these thoughts about Adele and I need to take those and take them captive and really compare bump them up against the Bible or bump them up against truth about what is true and what is real, uh, because most of the time it's not. And a lot of us can relate to that. How do we get to a point though, where we can see that that mm. is the problem and that it's not actually the person that we're staring at. It is awareness. Yeah, that is our key. Having awareness of like, what is going on in my head Because when I have awareness around that, I actually have choice versus feeling like I have to think this way right now. Mm. So that brings up a point. So we all have 40 to 65,000 thoughts a day. It's just, you have tons of thoughts. They're constantly going all the time. But for whatever reason, we choose to hold on to something, a thought Mm. for a particular reason. Like we give it some type of significance like we need to to travel down a thought train on that particular thought. And it's the awareness that it's just a thought. It's just one of 40 to 65,000 thoughts a day. There's no difference between that one and, oh, I need to cut the grass today. And those thought trains can take you down a path uh, that you don't want to go down. Yeah, it's the significance. So what Adele and I teach in our course, we have a a really great course online is kind of like I'm looking at my front door right now. And it's kind of like a key to go into the door. If I have the right key, I'm going to be able to come into my house. Is that right? You know, 
if I have the right key. And so the key to these is the awareness of what's going on in my body. And what we teach is the body sensations. So for me, the sensations that I have when an emotion comes up is my heart rate goes up. I will start to get a little bit of bead of sweat. Sometimes my ears will turn red. Um, my armpits will you know, start getting sweaty. Those are my sensations that are very personal to me. And you guys may have your own. But when those come up, is that's the key. Okay, what's going on here? Because whatever follows after that, your body, just your subconscious takes over. And we end up going into what we talk about is, are we end up going into like a seven-year-old child or 10-year-old child? And then when we end up in our arguments, the reason it's not productive is because our subconscious has taken over and our conscious, our prefrontal cortex has not, it's gone. Hijacked. And we end up being seven-year-olds having an argument until, yeah, right. one us, <laughs> until one of us says, okay, let's stop this. Let's take a pause. And that's when we go take care of our heart, pray to God, hey, this is not who I'm committed to being. What's going on here for me? And then I can come back. Do you mind if I share a story? Yeah, that'd be great. Two days ago, Adele and I had had a, a really, a big argument. A discussion. A big argument. <laughs> <laughs> And we were, it, it got kind of heated to where I was saying some jabs. I don't, I wouldn't say they're mean, but they're, they're jabs to throw in there. And I was like, man, what is going on for me? I am not done. I'm not being who I'm committed to being. And we were able to take a pause and I went and prayed to God. I was like, I don't like this. What is it? And I saw that my ego wants to take over. And I become a seven-year-old child. And so I had to come back to her and say, I'm sorry. That is not who I'm committed to being. Those, those jabs, you don't deserve that. No one deserves that. And I am really sorry that I did that. And let's move forward and have great conversation because that's just not what mm-hmm. we're called to do. Yeah. So there never is really a perfect marriage. This is just constant. And exactly. I don't know if you are married, you know that. And it's just something uh-huh. that you constantly, constantly are working on. Yeah. I'm so glad you said that. And one thing I was going to say about forgiveness and a big piece of it for me was the healing that we were experiencing together. Like when, when I would have these raging emotions come up, a lot of times we want to avoid and run from those and that leads to suffering because it gets locked inside for years and people say just give it time and time does help but avoiding it during that time it just comes out later on in your life and so i really just sat in every emotion and i allowed my body to cry mm. and just really mourn the death of the marriage I thought I had. And because I processed all of those emotions and I allowed them to flow through me rather than avoiding them, I was, I was almost completely healed in four months. Hmm. I mean, it was a radical healing process and he was there with me during all of that. Like There was a comfort side of it that even though he was the one that hurt me, he was also there with me in the pain that I was experiencing. 
And it was so bonding and so healing for us. And I love how God works that way, that if you do the work to get to the other side of infidelity or whatever has happened in the marriage, he will bless your marriage and just abundance of love and connection. And I mean, Mm -hmm. our relationship now is so much deeper and richer than it would have ever been without knowing about infidelity and unfaithfulness. Yeah. And I'm guessing not just because Adele, you were willing to forgive, but because Travis, like there was repentance, there was, there was work on your part too, right? Then God can take all that, bring it together and really bless in the middle of that then. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's just so beautiful to watch. Travis, what, what about forgiving yourself, Travis? Like, did you have to work through a lot of that and... Oh my goodness. So that brings up a point. Like if you were to ask me for a hundred dollars right now, I could not give it to you because I physically do not have a hundred dollars on me. And that's a lot of the ways that I looked at love. So I was asked one time, what do you think about yourself? And I was like, well, I think I'm giving and loving. And then I was like, man, I hate myself. I hate what I've turned out to be. I hate what's going on in my, inside myself. And I, I did not love myself at all. And I had all this battle going on and I had to get to the point where I loved myself. You know, I, I believe that when Jesus says, uh, love God with everything you have and love your neighbors as yourself, that last part as yourself, I think we need to love ourselves so that we know how to love others and know how to love God. And I had to get to that, to know what love is, to know how to forgive as well. Like I had to start loving myself and making myself a priority and making myself important. Uh, Because when I am filled up, I can pour into others. And when I'm depleted and when there's nothing there, there's nothing to give. And when I finally started loving myself, I was because I first said, I'll never be able to forgive myself for the things I've done. I've done such horrible, horrible things. I've had all this shame and guilt. And, and that's not true. That's, that's me being God. That's me taking the reins. And Jesus has already sacrificed himself once. I don't need him to do it again. And I don't need to do it for him. He's already done it. And it's just me loving myself and really getting connected to what he has done for me and allowing his forgiveness to work in me because if I can't forgive myself, I can't forgive others. And Jesus doesn't forgive me. It's not that he doesn't want to forgive me. It's not, it's not that I won't allow it. I can't allow it to happen. Yeah. I can't allow the grace when I'm not accepting it, but it kind of, it's a good point too, about, I don't know, like this weird tension we have with Christianity, right? Because we tell people over and over, you're you're full of sin you're worthless you're despised but yet god loves you and he saw you worthy of christ's sacrifice and but you know when god in the creation story god looked at its creation and he saw that it was good he says and jesus over and over again shows us that he looks at us with love and compassion and mercy and grace right and we need to remember yeah we are worthy of love and compassion and mercy and grace yeah mm. Yeah, I think as human beings, we don't see that we deserve that forgiveness because a lot of times we, at least for me, I saw forgiveness as you have to earn that. 
And I had a long list mm. of ways that he was going to have she to did. earn that. She did. It was that. a paper this long. <laughs> <laughs> and I ended up trashing it because I realized forgiveness is not earned. It's freely given by God. It's us as human beings that won't allow that. And so we bring all this punishment on ourselves and won't forgive ourselves. And that just leaves us stuck in life and not able to actually experience the blessings that the Lord has for me. Oh, that's good. And I was able to see a lot about forgiveness from her. I was able to see Jesus's grace through her, mm, right? Through her forgiveness, man, he who, I, don't, I can't remember the actual quote, but the person who's been forgiven more is easier to forgive. Like when I know what I've done and I know that there's forgiveness for me and the, just the nastiness of my past, man, it's so much easier for me to forgive. Right. Yeah. And unforgiveness is like drinking a poison for him to die. And I, when Dr. Gary Chapman told me that I was like, Oh, like that makes so much sense that if I don't choose to forgive, it's me that's going to hurt. It is. And it it wasn't going to affect him really at all. And I was like, wow. Okay. So forgiving is actually for me. And then what he does with it is up to him. Mm. But I wanted to follow through with that to really open myself back up in the marriage and to God and everything. What I love about everything that you're saying is I go back to, you know, when you get married, like make sure you have God in that relationship and, you know, things will work out. Well, what you're saying is exactly that. If you don't have them in there, things are going to go to the dumpster. Yep. Oh, it's such a great point. It's, uh, there's several passages and none of them specifically are coming to my mind about being in God's will. How, when we're in God's will, things seem to work out because That's what he desires for us. And it's really awesome is in your marriage, if you're living in God's will, he wants you to have unity in marriage. He wants healing. He wants wholeness. He wants all of that. Because when we are doing that, we are making a difference for the kingdom of God and we're being examples for others. But when we're being ineffective, that's exactly what the enemy wants because we're not being effective for the kingdom of God. So God wants us yeah. to stay in his will because in that is healing and in that is blessings. And man, it's an amazing thing for us. It's such a gift. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah really. bro. Romans eight twenty eight was coming to my mind. All things work together to, for good, right? For those who yeah. love God and yeah. part of loving God means then you're going to put in the work and repent and, and forgive, right? So, yeah. Oh, good. And you guys are living proof. There we go. <laughs> yeah. What do you say to people in those uh, marriages, maybe, or tough spots in life, and they feel like there is no hope right now, and they're looking to fix things? Mm. Man, I was absolutely hopeless for so long. Me too. And I ended up trying to take my life twice. I was so hopeless. <clears throat> And I imagine there's people listening to this. And I imagine there's a lot of people in this world right now who are without hope, whether they're married or not. And I want to say that sometimes, like what I did was I borrowed someone else's hope during that time. And I had lots of conversation with people who spoke truth into me. And I surrounded myself with people Mm -hmm. who spoke truth into me. I needed other people's hope. 
And I leaned into God to find out more about myself and more about God. And I just got so filled with peace that only God could give me when I did that. I want to tell you that there is hope. There is love for you. And God wants to give it to you. He's not far away in this Christmas season. It talks about Emmanuel. That's God with us. And that's exactly, exactly what it is. It's God with us. He is not away from us. And the times when I feel like he is away from me, it's when I've chose to separate myself from him. Now, as our listeners listen and they're like, hey, you know, I really... I want to become like these two. How can they head down that path? How can they learn about you and maybe learn from you? Yeah. So um, just since October, we have started a YouTube channel. It's The Noble Marriage. And we have like 70 videos on there already. Um, And so it's a lot of like the tools that we actually teach in our transformational course. So we have a 10-week online transformation course that you can add on coaching as well to really take a deeper dive. But in our channel, it's just packed so full of really great nuggets that will just help you start to transform your life one step at a time. And they're easy, applicable things. And mostly it's because we work with what we call blind spots. And once you uncover a blind spot in your life, you can't unsee it, right? It's there. And now you actually get a choice about the matter rather than you could just go through life being the way you are. And that's just how you are. You can't do anything about it. But once you see it, you can start transformation in your life. And that's what we are all about. We're constantly looking for where are those blind spots in our life that keep us stuck and keep walls between this marriage. Because when there's walls there, there's no intimacy there. And so you can find us on YouTube. You can find us on thenoblemarriage.com, social media as well. Same name. Yep. Thank you so much for making time for us. We would love to keep chatting, but obviously our time is running out, but we appreciate you making time for us. Oh, yeah. Oh, this has it's been so great. And thank you so much for joining us and for listening. Don't forget to subscribe. We'll talk to you again on Connections.